Welcome to Savor Food and Body, a podcast for women in midlife who are ready to lose the mental and emotional weight of dieting. I'm your host, Amanda Bullitt, an undieting dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. Join me as I talk with other experts in the fields of intuitive eating, women's health, body image, and so much more. You'll also hear stories of women just like you who have learned to undiet their lives and fully embrace wellness without obsession. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to another episode, live episode of the Save Your Food and Body podcast. And today we are going to be talking about a topic that comes up a lot in my private practice, as well as in the Midlife Feast community, where I am a uh, co-coach, uh, intuitive eating counselor with Dr. Jen Salipuber. And Dr. Jen is also the host of the Midlife Feast podcast. And our podcast definitely overlaps. So you may have heard some of her work over there too. So we're going to talk today about the messy middle. Uh, It's a term that I've heard Jen use a lot, as well as other folks in this intuitive eating uh, space, but particularly for women in midlife. So if you are over 40, you're going through perimenopause symptoms, uh, you're in your 40s, your 50s, and you're in this messy middle space of, I don't want to diet anymore. I don't want to follow food rules. I'm a little confused on how to feed myself if I'm not following those food rules. And I'm generally concerned about my health because there's uh, some wild stuff going on with my body uh, between brain fog and maybe digestive issues and trouble sleeping and hot flushes and increased cholesterol and increased blood sugar and all the things. So you're wondering, what is the best diet for women over 40 without dieting? Because I don't want to do that anymore. Or even if you're someone who hasn't really followed specific food prescriptions, food rules, diet plans um, over the decades, but you don't want to start now because honestly, it's not fun. It's a lot of work and you've got a lot of else going on in your life right now. It's a very busy time in midlife. So even if you're one of those people that hasn't been really strict about dieting, but you still, you don't want to start and maybe you are concerned about your weight and you think, well, maybe I should be starting a diet, even though I haven't done that before. Um, I'm here to tell you, you can do this a different way. So let's dive in to how do we navigate through this messy middle as women in midlife and how do we find a, a version of gentle nutrition? So that is a principle of intuitive eating, but how do we find some gentle nutrition that fits your health goals in midlife without getting hung up on restriction? So let's, I want to start with a quote from a client. We're going to talk about general, very generally, um, mindful of people's privacy, but we're going to, um, I'm going to give you some examples of a few of the clients that I've worked with over the years and, and to illustrate how we move through this messy middle. So one client of mine said, I don't want to diet anymore, but I feel lost when I don't have a meal plan or some kind of structure to follow for my eating. And when I feel lost, I just eat whatever's easy, which isn't usually healthy. What's the best diet for women over 40 anyway? And I hear this version of this statement from pretty much every woman I've ever worked with. And everyone wants to know what's the best diet for women over 40 without dieting or without counting things or tracking food or tracking points. And hopefully even without getting on the scale. So this is what 
uh, both Jen and myself refer to as the messy middle between not dieting for intentional weight loss and practicing intuitive eating with intention. So if you are someone that has ditched diets, but you don't know where to get started with intuitive eating, or if you wonder if intuitive eating is even the best diet for you now that you're in midlife and you're secretly hoping, will intuitive eating help you lose weight? Then this episode is definitely for you. So as a woman in, as women going through their forties and fifties, and if this is you, and if you are one of those people that have spent your adult life influenced by messages about what is the best diet for health, AKA to lose weight, uh, to be more attractive, to be more worthy, you know, all the things. So there's, there's body image lurking behind this story as well. And really from the time of puberty, you were probably taught that the size and shape of your body really mattered. And since then, again, if you're one of those folks that tried different weight loss plans and programs and apps to do all of the tracking and try to be your healthiest self, maybe you saw your weight shift up and down more times than you can remember. And by the time you're in your fourth or fifth decade of life, you're tired of all that. You're frustrated that your same weight loss tricks maybe don't work like they used to. Maybe you're frustrated with all of your healthy eating attempts that weren't, weren't sustainable and you're still seeing your health markers change, particularly blood sugar and cholesterol. And you're just not feeling well in your body right now. So you're like, what do I do now? Um, none of my same tactics work. Maybe you've heard about intuitive eating and you wonder if this is the best diet for you. You think it sounds great. You don't have to track your food. You can go and enjoy whatever you want to eat with your friends or with your family. And you finally get to enjoy some of those foods that maybe you've been avoiding either because you were pursuing intentional weight loss or you were really concerned about health, things like carbs, like real pasta and fresh bread or your favorite cookies or your favorite snack foods. And now that you want to explore intuitive eating, you might think this is awesome. I can eat those foods now without counting and tracking and worrying about it. So you go to the store, you buy the M&Ms, the Oreos, the tortilla chips, all of your favorite snack foods that you miss. And maybe you even look for comfort food recipes that you may have thought, oh, they have too many calories or they're too rich. I shouldn't make those. And you aspire to cooking more of your favorite meals. After you do this for a handful of weeks, some dread might be setting in. I see this happen a lot with my clients. And that dread can be coming from seeing that your clothing sizes have changed. Your, your clothes are fitting tighter. Um, maybe you have stepped on the scale and you've seen that your weight has increased. And you can start getting really concerned again, like that question, like what about my health? When we're in this mess messy middle place, uh, of trying to make peace with food. That's really what you're doing by allowing those foods, uh, snack foods and recipes in your life. You're working on that, making peace with those, but you're also bumping up against what about my health? If I keep my weight keeps going up like this, if I keep enjoying all of these snack foods and convenience foods, surely that's not going to be good for my cholesterol or my blood sugar. And if you've seen your weight go up, your clothes not fit very well anymore, you might think like, screw it. I'm not, I'm not doing this right. I'm not, I'm uh, not doing intuitive eating right. And you wonder, like, have I failed? Just like you may have failed at other diet plans in the past. 
So I'm going to say the short answer to that is absolutely not. You were working on rejecting your past diet mentality and you were allowing full permission with the foods that were off limit in the past. And those are really important, critical first steps to practicing intuitive eating. So don't stop there. Even if you were someone that didn't really have that diet mentality coming into midlife, but now again, because you're seeing these body changes and you're tempted to go into dieting, uh, but you resist it, you do intuitive eating instead, you might still end up in this headspace of going, am I doing this wrong? Uh, am I putting my health in, at risk uh, because I'm seeing my weight changes uh, continue? So intuitive eating really can be one of the best ways of eating for women uh, in midlife, really at any age. But to fully heal your relationship with food or make sure you don't get into a train wreck relationship with food, you need to move past what one of my clients called bucket eating or the messy middle uh, when it comes to intuitive eating and uh, dieting or diet mentality for the intentional weight loss. So to get past the messy middle of intuitive eating and create your own best diet for women over 40 you first need to identify your why you even wanted to do this. You want to ask yourself, like, why did you stop dieting in the first place? Or why are you resisting not doing a diet right now, even though you're seeing changes in your weight? Why do you want to try intuitive eating now? That, that age-old question, why now? If it doesn't feel like intuitive eating is working, Play some devil's advocate with yourself. Why not start another diet or try a different diet that you haven't done before or that you're hearing your best friend try or that a doctor recommended? Um, why not? My guess is the answer to that why not is it's a lot of work and it's a lot of fixation on what you should and shouldn't be eating. And that's it's not fun. It's not sustainable. It's why most diets don't work is people get burned out on all that shitting. So if defining your why sounds like self-helpy cliche, I totally get it. However, cognitive behavioral science shows the benefits of focusing on what motivates you to make behavior change is beneficial for actually making that change. So whether it's with food, your job, exercise, relationships, by defining your why, this gives meaning to the outcome you hope to get. And how will you might ask yourself, how will defining your why help you know what to eat uh, if you're not following food rules and you're feeling a little out of balance with food? So here's another scenario with uh, another another client that you may identify with. Um, if you if you're concerned with increasing blood sugar, cholesterol, developing insulin resistance, if you have a family history of breast cancer, you want to know how to reduce your risk. Maybe you struggle with class of symptoms of perimenopause, like night sweats, difficulty sleeping, mood swings, brain fog, and fatigue. All these things can increase your desire to want to improve your health and well-being. However, there's a big difference between the diet, diet wellness culture version of improving your health and the non-diet approach. So here, what is the difference? So the non-diet approach takes your focus off that weight and the numbers on the scale and puts more emphasis on overall health promoting behaviors, such as what foods can you add to your daily eating routine to say boost fiber or offer sustained energy, decrease hot flashes, stabilize moods, improve your metabolic health. 
And this mindset is more expansive, meaning what can you add instead of contractive? What should you not eat? What shouldn't you eat? And how does this expansive mindset take you through the messy middle, you might ask? Well, it helps to create this perfect balance between honoring the nutrients that you need to support your health in midlife, but also honoring that taste, pleasure, satisfaction, and full permission with foods that maybe wouldn't previously have been allowed on your table. So it's really important to try to be honoring all of this, even though it can feel like your head's probably in a ping pong game, but it is really important to having a healthy relationship with food in your body to find some balance between what is highly pleasurable eating, rejecting the diet mentality, having full permission with all foods, and what are your health goals? How do you want to honor um, honor your health with gentle nutrition? So going back to another client, um, she was really frustrated because she was relying on convenience foods rather than cooking fresh meals for herself. And she was getting really critical about her food choices, saying she wasn't eating enough healthy foods like salads and whole fruits. And at the same time, though, she had a really busy full-time job, worked long hours, and it was important to her to exercise on most days for emotional regulation and to just feel better and stronger in her body. So in this case, convenient foods are the best way for her to feed herself consistently and avoid getting too primally hungry or hangry. It's this idea of fed is best, do the best you can to just feed yourself consistently. And at the same time, if that goal is I want to be eating more fresh, fresh foods and fresh fruits and vegetables, you can find a balance between still allowing the convenience foods and add in a large dose of self-compassion, more of a big picture perspective and say, let's apply this expansive mindset. Let's have the convenience food where it's the pizza or the Taco Bell for dinner and add in a salad, add in some cut vegetables or fruit. And this allows then that taste satisfaction for the convenience foods or the fast food. But then it's also supporting health goals of eating more fruits and vegetables, as it was the case with this client. So by adding this expansive mindset, it allowed her to move through this messy middle and it can be easily done for you too. This working through this expansive mindset versus contractive mindset is also really essential to help you reduce the all or nothing thinking when it comes to food and really helping you to find like what does gentle nutrition and healthy eating look like um, for you in this time of life. And it will reduce you spending time in those extremes of either the fuck it eating or the food restriction also known as the diet restriction cycle. So if you're some one of those people that say you didn't identify with dieting earlier in life and it just didn't really matter to you, maybe you were an active person, you were in an average size body and um, diet rules didn't apply to you. But now that you're in midlife and you have concerns about your health and you're seeing your weight creep up, maybe for the first time, you wonder if you should start following some food rules. And I'm going to invite you to do the same thing and to apply this expansive mindset versus contractive mindset. So say, for example, you're maybe you have been active in the past, but maybe you want to shake up your 
activity in your exercise routine. So instead of always doing uh, cardio, whether it was runs or bike rides, um, anything like that, swimming, maybe more intense sports like uh, triathlons or anything like that, maybe you want to add in some more gentle movement like yoga, which can also be great for practicing mindfulness and practicing that finding your why do you want to relate different to food in your body right now. Um, if you haven't hadn't followed restrictive food rules in the past, but now you're feeling yourself again because your body is changing, like maybe you should, I'm going to invite you to, if you want to follow something, again, follow that. What can you add in? Do you want to add in some more fiber? Do we want to add in maybe some more phytoestrogen-rich foods, whether that's lentils or um, beans, um, soy, tofu, tempeh, soy milk, unsweetened soy milk, um, those flax is another good one. Those adding those foods in can really help with some of your perimenopause symptoms. So just because your body is changing and you might be uncomfortable with weight changes doesn't mean that you have to go on to a diet. The other piece of this too, that a client just brought up today that I think is really important is that oftentimes if we don't identify with having been a dieter and more of that appearance of a dieter, which many of us have uh, an image in our mind, which is someone that's thin, someone that's fit, maybe someone that's younger. And what I want to invite you to consider is that you can't tell the relationship with food that uh, someone has with their body just by looking at them. So women in midlife is that population is increasing in their incidences of eating disorders. And within that population, the most common eating disorder is binge eating disorder or compulsive overeating. And in my perspective with women that I work with, that's often coming from really challenges around emotional regulation. But even if they haven't dieted in the past, they might still be coming into this distressing relationship with food because they're trying to cope with the emotions that are coming on with midlife, which by the way, we're also losing our emotional coping buffer of estrogen. And that has helped us all these years navigate the anxiety, depression, and navigate the stress of life. I talked more about this in the episode with Dr. Um, Caitlin O'Connor, and we'll link to that in the show notes where you're uh, watching this. And that can be really helpful to understand that piece too. So if you find yourself spending more time with food for emotional coping, I want to invite you to explore that a little bit more. And if you can, like I was also sharing with this client today, is really wrap your head around, you don't have to be diagnosed with an eating disorder or disordered eating or anxiety or depression in order to have a distressing relationship with food. So if you find yourself in this kind of distressing relationship with food, with your body, it doesn't mean that you're any less worthy of support and moving through to find a more peaceful relationship with food in your body, even if you haven't had some sort of clinical diagnosis. Your lived experience is still really valid and really important particularly in this stage of life, because in this stage of life, we can feel like we're getting a little swept under the rugs. 
And that doesn't need to be that way at all. There is plenty of opportunity for, for support. I love that menopause and the menopause transition is getting its time in the media right now. And there's a lot of great opportunities for support, either through reading different resources or connecting with communities like the Midlife Feast community and or even working one on one with an intuitive eating counselor and a dietitian such as myself. And if you're interested in that, either one of those community aspect or working privately, you can go to alpinenutrition.org and hit the work with me button at the top of the page or the contact uh, button. And I would love to answer any of your questions about this or hear about your lived experience. You can schedule a free 20 minute discovery call to just share what's going on with you. And I'd love to point you in the right direction of resources that could help. So please, please, please don't think if you have a hard time identifying as that previous dieter, and now you don't want to diet, you want to do intuitive eating. If that doesn't really feel like you because you didn't diet in the past, or you have a, a distressing relationship with food that has reared its ugly head now that you're in midlife, but you don't think you meet any of those clinical diagnoses of restrictive eating or having been a dieter or having had an eating disorder, your lived experience is still very much valid. And I want to help you get the support that you need. So again, resources at alpinenutrition.org. And I would love to connect with you more over there. And until next time, I hope you have a great week savoring food in your body. Take care. Thanks for listening today. I hope this conversation inspires you to undiet your life and start savoring food and your body. You can find show notes and resources from this episode by going to alpinenutrition.org forward slash blog, B-L-O-G. If you'd like to learn more about my one-on-one counseling or group coaching programs, go to my website, alpinenutrition.org and click work with me at the top of the page. And finally, if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Until next time, keep savoring food and your body. Music.